This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Taysom Hill is quarterbacking the Saints. There's no better way to root him on than with the Saints happy hour crew to Taysom Cup. Become a Saints Happy Hour patron and you get one in your booze bundle welcome kit, along with four other amazing swag items. As a patron, you will also get full access to every Saints Happy Hour daily podcast covering everything Saints every day. Plus, you get access to our private Discord channel where you can talk Saints with other Saints Happy Hour patrons 24-7. Sign up for an annual subscription and save 5% off the monthly rate. What are you waiting for? Go to SaintsHappyHour.com and sign up today. This is Sean Payton, head coach of the New Orleans Saints. What's with this Saints happy cast? This has to be the worst Saints podcast in the world. Ralph can't say anyone's name right. Andrew doesn't know football. Everyone has a hard time listening to Dave. And is Kevin even there tonight? The audio with this podcast, my God, the audio, it's it's painful. All right, everybody, welcome to Saints Happy Hour Podcast. It is time to preview Saints-Eagles. But before we get to that, Andrew, I just want to let the people know, all the new sign-ups for December, we have shipped you your booze bundles. Uh, if you're in the United States, you're probably going to get them for before Christmas, but we ship to Australia, we ship to Morocco, we ship to Canada, we ship to Israel. You people, you're not going to get Malta, it before Christmas. Right? Hopefully you get it before Malta? the playoffs. Do we ship to Malta? Uh, I haven't shipped to Malta yet. Malta disappoints me. <laughs> we're not we're number. We're number 8 in Malta, and I feel like I feel like Malta Malta's like that girlfriend that you had that you thought she was going to be amazing, and she kind of is still, but she lets you down consistently time and time again. I feel like I feel like that. Uh, I don't know. We we still love you, Malta. We still but, love you. You know, Malta. top 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 five would be nice. Top. I want it like like if Malta, if you would just become, if you would, if you would just become a patron, Malta, I would. I I can know who it is who's doing all the listening. So something we we don't have any patrons from Malta. We just have lots of listeners apparently. So the Saints play the Eagles, and we have you know I always joke Andrew that. Sean Payton, his Wednesday press conference, which is most of the sound from this, is like five. He gives five minutes and then he bolts, and it's never it's never worth doing. But this week he gave like fifteen minutes, and he was really great. He had some really great sound bites, and I want to start with. He talked about the Alvin Kamara touchdown against Atlanta, and he talked about how Alvin Kamara basically, when they were walking to the locker room at halftime. Alvin Kamara was like, Coach, you need to run this freaking play and give me the ball. And it's kind of a long answer because it's two parts, but I want you to listen to it. And I think it says a lot about Sean Payton, not only in his his trust and communication with players, but specifically how he values Alvin, Alvin Kamara's input. We run a certain run where one, 
one player, the tight end comes across the formation and blocks back, and then the running back takes the handoff. And in that game, we, we kind of faked that run and had Taysom keep it. And Taysom gained seven yards and ran around our right end, and it was a positive play. It was a good, good run. It was a designed quarterback run the whole way off of a run that we run the week F series. And so at halftime, we were heading towards our locker room, and it was just in casual conversation. He happened to be next to me, walking to the locker room. I said, what do you like in this second half? You know, just getting his gut. And we talked about a few different runs. And and then he said to me, I I really like that same play that we ran Taysom's keeper, but the runoff. And so, well, there was a motion element to it with Tommy Lee. There was a misdirection element. And so that was really easy to just at halftime say, hey, I want to come back to the formation we ran the keeper from instead of calling a keeper let's just let's hand it off and so we did and, and of course the linebacker inside linebacker really fell out of the box I mean it was as clean a run as we had and so that was yeah that he got a kick out of that I mean after he scored he came over his smile wasn't just that he scored it was that he had kind of put the play in he's someone that has good instincts and he's someone that I think has got very good football awareness and I just every once in a while I like to know from the runners or the linemen what they like you know the offensive linemen are pretty good you know do you like more inside do you like more outside do you want to you know just a a pulse of what they were feeling and and that's what I was asking him and then he went one step further this is what I and I was like all right we can do that you know Andrew I just thought that answer was really interesting about the depth, the detail that Sean Payton went into it, and just what it says about how he views Alvin Kamara. And I think when he was walking to the locker room, when he asked Alvin that, he expected Alvin not to just give him an answer, oh, give me the ball inside, outside. Like, he expected Alvin that he's probably going to have a really specific, detailed answer. But I I find it interesting, and it just tells me so much about Sean Payton. I agree. Yeah. First of all, yeah, I think this is a good time to say that you know, Alvin Kamara, Sean Payton's always said this, his testing was off the charts. And I remember the Saints, they have a very specific testing for rookies uh, that goes into and it's not it's not the wonder lick, uh, but it's but it's a process where yeah. uh, the testing is to try to understand how quick of learners players are and, and just how quick they are at absorbing things. And uh Camara tested off the charts in, in that scope. And I think it's one of those things where Sean Payton and the organization and just, just in testing, they've seen how insanely intelligent Alvin Kamara is. His process for things is Drew Brees quality. And it's, it's, uh, it's unique. Not a lot of players have the processing speed and the, the understanding. And he's kind of one of those guys. You don't have to tell him things twice. Uh, remember how Joe Vitt used to talk about Jonathan Vilma, that he was just he had a photographic memory and was just the smartest player that he's ever worked with. And I think Kamara is on that level in terms of intelligence. And so I I, I do think two things. I think, number one, it speaks yeah. to just how sm- it speaks to how smart he is. But I also think it speaks to how great of a player coach Sean Payton is that he's completely wide open to in a game, changing things on a dime. Uh, adjusting to what his players are saying, if there's trust there and he knows they're smart and he, he, he knows Alvin Kamara sees the game in a certain way that he, he's going to listen if Kamara says yeah. something. And if he says something that kind of piques his interest, then he's going to go ahead and implement that play at halftime and make it happen. And I just think it's a sign of a good coach, but I think it goes beyond just 
the success on the football field and Alvin Kamara getting in the end zone off that play, it also just shows good communication and a coach that's open and a good player coach that is open to, to those adjustments because that furthers his relationship with Kamara. It builds trust in the locker room. Uh, and, yeah. and it generally, you, you can be 10 and two and have a terrible relationship with your head coach. And I, I just think, why why Sean Payton has been so successful all these years, that right there is a perfect example of why. Yeah, and, and I wondered when, when Alvin Kamara, like he scored that touchdown, and he was so happy going to the sideline. I was like, it's... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. It's cool that you scored that, but like, why are you so jolly with Sean Payton? I was like, that's why. Because he's like, <laughs> he was telling Sean Payton, he's like, I told you. That's what you should have done. And he did it, right? I, I I could see I could see after that play, uh, Sean telling Pete Carmichael, "Go sit on the bench, Alvin. You go ahead and take the play. You call the next series. We You're pay, just going to stand we, next to me. We pay you enough, Alvin. You're doing two jobs now." Yeah. Um, the other interesting thing that Sean Payton talked about, and this, before we get to Malcolm Jenkins, which Malcolm Jenkins has some great sound, and Sean Payton talked about him coming back. I wanted Sean Payton talked about. Philadelphia's defensive line and their ability to pressure with only getting four guys. And I want Sean Payton to explain it. And then I want, I want to ask you some specific questions about it because I think it's a really interesting test for Taysom potentially. Number one, they lead the league in sacks with just four man rushes. They lead the league in hurries. They lead the league in pressures. They're way down at the bottom of the league relative to when they're blitzing or dogging. It's a challenge when you can just run four and have that much success because you can play coverage behind it and now your throws that got to come out of your hand a little quicker because of the pass rush are going into coverage as opposed to just man-to-man. So it's a really good front. They're very athletic. They rush the passer extremely well. They present a lot of challenges. 
See, my question to you, Andrew, is this. As you watch film and you see it, as a person that just watched the game, I always instinctively think blitzing is easier to read. It might be harder to physically block because you got more guys coming, right? If you blitz five, six, seven, or you do the Greg Williams thing of blitzing everybody on a Hail Mary. But if you block it, it's easy to read, right? It's like they got all these guys coming. This guy, this guy will be open. I'll go there. But to me, is it going to be potentially more challenging for Taysom because Philly, they can say, hey, we're only going to rush four. And if we get there with four, we can potentially cover with seven. It makes it harder for guys to get open. But depending on where we put those seven guys, we can really confuse Taysom in his fourth start. Is, is, is my theory on that, is it, is it crazy or uh, are you just going to shoot it out the water and I don't know what I'm talking about? No, first of all, I just want to say a quick comment. It's uh, really surprising to see Sean Payton be so forthcoming with the Camara thing, but also this. Uh, and he must have been in a good mood because I, I know he's like this inside the locker room and with his players, but he's rarely like this with the yeah. media. So I, I don't know what was going on. He was on cheery day. on uh, Wednesday, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, uh, so. But yeah, I, I do think you're right. And, and it's simple math. I mean. At its core, defense is – it's a numbers game. It's math, you know, and it's how many yeah. guys are in the box and how many guys drop in coverage. And, uh, you know, to just quickly explain how good the Saints are, the thing that's most shocking about the Saints' defense is that they're almost always a nickel or dime. Almost, I mean, they're, they're, they've been in base where they have three linebackers maybe, maybe 5% or less of the season this year so it's all been nickel and dime and yet no one can run on them and again that, it's a numbers game so see, when that, your third linebacker is technically malcolm jenkins or chauncey gardner johnson and you can't run on the saints that is really significant because they have more cover guys in the game on the field and yet they're still able to stop the run with more cover guys that ralph is shocking that see that that to me what you just explained, I think that's the Saints' secret sauce. People, analytics people, they knock the Saints, you know, run defense, it doesn't matter as much. And, oh, their, hundred, you know, their streak of not allowing a 100-yard rusher, it doesn't really matter. But I just think you, knowing the Saints, watching them, that's their secret sauce. They can stop the run. But it's not just that they can stop the run. They can stop the run while playing a pass defense. With cover, That's with the cover secret personnel. sauce of this yep. defense, I think. They have per- pass. They have pass coverage personnel that can stop the run. And and I think yeah, like you said, it takes big corners. You know, so Lattimore mm-hmm. helps with that. Uh, certainly, Malcolm Jenkins and Chauncey Gardner Johnson are good tacklers. That helps with that. Uh, Patrick Robinson size, PJ Williams size, th- those those are all things that help. But yeah, I mean that that's the secret sauce. The wait is finally over. Football is in full effect with many teams strutting their stuff early. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any other place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts.
So getting back to your original question, which I still have an answer. Uh, yeah, that's kind of the Eagles secret sauce is they can rush with four and Derek Barnett and uh, Hargrave and Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham. I mean, that's, yeah, they have Vinny Curry as a backup. I mean, they are uh, yeah. an impressive front uh, and they do create a pass rush. And you always ask me, like, how are they going to block Khalil Mack this week or how are they going to block this guy? And I always tell you, those aren't the pa- the pass rushes that have the one dude with 15 sacks. They don't scare me. It's the ones that are balanced that I don't like yeah, playing because they're they stress your offensive line at all five points. And you know they're they're gonna find if they're balanced. If it's a balanced pass rush where you don't you can't focus on one guy and devise devise a plan to take one guy out, where they're kind of stressing you equally. They're gonna find the weakness. They're gonna well, find the it, hole. And so if Nick Easton, if Nick Easton is having a bad game or Ruiz is having oh a bad God. game, they're gonna expose that. Nick. So, so yeah. Just going back to what I said, football is a numbers game, and if you're able to get pressure with four, you're dropping more guys into coverage. That makes Taysom Hill's job more difficult. It'll be. It's. I think. I think this, by far, is Taysom's biggest test because. Sean Payton even said he's like I'm I didn't cut it up but he said like two different times he's like throw the Denver game out like just it doesn't even it counts as a win for the Saints and it was and we're glad they got it but like for any future reference it doesn't matter so he's really only played Atlanta so I think this is a better test because at Philadelphia we'll get to their struggles on offense in a little bit their defense is still pretty solid. They have they have some issues in the secondary because Slay is maybe banged up. They have some other issues at corner. They miss Malcolm Jenkins at safety, but I think it's I think this. I is mean, a, they're they're thirteenth overall. Yeah. Um. So you know they're they're above average. Uh, I would say they're, I would say they're. I wouldn't call them a good defense, but they're pretty good. Uh, like Sean Payton said, they're good at getting pressure in pass passing situations with yeah. four. So. You know, anytime you can do that, I think that's yeah. that's a huge strength. But yeah, I mean they're 13th on defense, so they're solid. I mean they're not they're not amazing, uh, but uh, you know I think part of the deal with them is they've just been really screwed by their offense. Oh my god! Uh, you know, just with the turnovers, you know, and so like sometimes teams have a short field, and so they're giving up 25 points a game, but a lot of that is just the offense pissing they, games away you know they giving, fought their short fields they played seattle on monday night and it ended up not being that close but their defense fought their fucking guts out for a half like the philadelphia defense like i don't care i don't care either way see you know but i was like damn i feel bad for you like you're fighting your you're fighting your guts out and your offense is a is just a dumpster fire and going three and out, and you're constantly on the field, and you're battling Russell Wilson and DJ Metcalf, and finally, you know, Seattle hits some plays because any any really good offense, like you're not going to shut them down, right? And they're going to hit their plays. Right. You got to count on your offense to do stuff. Um, you know, the real interesting thing about this uh, Eagles game, as far as like a storyline, is Malcolm Jenkins coming back and Malcolm Jenkins had some really interesting things to say but Sean Payton talked about the Saints wanting him back why they want him back and why they moved uh so quickly to get him I trust the player I know the player I've got a clear vision for him and it always regretted letting him out of the building and and that was a mistake and so when the time came I think I just sent him a direct message and I think his response was great and then it was like here we go they're just 
there's a football element. There's an intelligence element. Every ounce of him I like. And I say that not because he was part of our Super Bowl team, but, man, he just he's, he's good in the locker room. He's, I think, someone that's got great experience now. But he was a smart player when he arrived. You know, and, and I it was honesty Wednesday with Sean Payton. He was great. Um, you know, and, and you said it. Like, Malcolm Jenkins, he really – when in this year did, did did not the light come on because he's Malcolm Jenkins, he's been a pro bowler, he's been elite, but when did you see it where you're like, oh, that's the Malcolm Jenkins we're going to get? This is awesome. Like when, what game did you start to see him really get and hit stride? Yeah, let me pull up my player grades so I can tell you when those grades. But I mean, I, I want to feel like it was after the first month of the season. And, and it makes sense, you know, because, again, uh, they didn't have preseason games. They didn't have yeah. a proper offseason. And so I think it just took some time for him to get acclimated to the defense, what they wanted to run. Uh, and then once he got comfortable, uh, he, he's been playing. Honestly, like I've never seen Malcolm Jenkins play this well in a Saints uniform. I mean, I know no. he did it with the Eagles and I know that he was really good there, but I never saw that really in a Saints uniform. Uh, I, I thought I thought he was good in week one, actually, against the Bucks. He did a really good job against um, he did a really good job against uh, Gronkowski. Uh, I mean, the whole secondary was bad against um the Raiders. The Raiders, yeah. He was okay uh, in week three against the Packers, and then I had you know a couple decent grades for him the three weeks following. Uh, so it's really it's the it's the last six games he's had a B plus or higher every week. Wow. Uh, so I, I would say you know they're ten and two. So I would say it's been the second half of this season where the light has come on. And again, he's had a couple good games in that first six game period. So. Uh, he played really well in week one, like I said. So I, I don't think it's necessarily that the light wasn't on. I think he had a couple good games. I think it's that now, and it's kind of like Demario Davis too, it's gotten to the point where he's stacking these good performances on top of each other, and you're getting the same guy week mm-hmm. to week. Uh, I, I think sometimes, you know, Traquan Smith is the king of this, where he'll have no catches and he'll completely disappear and then the following week, he'll have an amazing game. And it's just kind of up and down, up and down, depending on the opponent, the game plan, all that stuff. Whereas you have some guys, and these guys are a lot more rare, the game plan doesn't matter. Like Michael Thomas last year, Kamara this year. Uh, they're, they're just good every week. And they, you know, regardless of the game plan or the opponent, they're just stacking great performances on top of each other. And that's what we're getting right now from Malcolm Jenkins. Yeah, and speaking of Malcolm Jenkins, um, he talked about, the Eagles and leaving and listen, Malcolm Jenkins is one of those guys where um, he's, he's always well-spoken with the media. He knows that people are watching and he's, he knows what to say, but I want you to listen to this soundbite. This sounds like a man that didn't leave Philadelphia really that amicably. And he wants to wreck them uh, on Sunday. I gave everything I had to that, to that city, to the team, did everything that the coaches asked me to do. Did everything to make my the players around me better. Uh, try to put my best, you know, football out there. Um, and it just wasn't valued, you know, that much by you know those who made the decision. So, for me, uh, it was just more of a of a of a principle about respect. I really didn't care um, what the money was, but I wanted to to see what that respect factor was. And and it wasn't valued at, at you know what I thought. And so, you know, decisions are made, and, and I end up 
at a place that uh, that values what I bring, you know, has really been had history with me and and obviously has worked out. That was a 34-second soundbite. He said value or respect five times, Andrew. He wants to wreck <laughs> the Eagles on Sunday. That's my theory. You know what's interesting is that the Saints let him walk, and uh, now he's, he's felt a lot of respect from Sean Payton since then, uh, but the Saints let him walk and then gave Jairus Bird the most money ever. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I mean, you want to talk about disrespect. It's yeah. like, we don't want you back. And we need an upgrade so bad over the bullshit that you gave us that we're going to pay Jairus Bird all of the money uh, to, to make sure that your play doesn't happen again. And I, ironically, it was even worse. But uh, uh, yeah, I, so I, I, it's just funny how that's come full circle. He's got, he's got Ralph uh, recency bias. I know a dude that uh, that was on a plane ride with sat right next to Malcolm Jenkins, uh, and he's he's a patron. Um, but, uh, he sat next to Sean or sorry, he sat next to Malcolm Jenkins several years ago on a flight and he kind of asked Malcolm, he was like, you know, he was a saints fan. I can't remember where they were flying to, but he was like, Hey, Malcolm Jenkins. And like, they kind of became friendly on the flight cause Jenkins was by himself. And he asked Jenkins point blank, like, do you miss new Orleans? And he was like, yeah, I mean, he's like, I love Philly. Like, uh, the fans are great, and it's it's been a good experience. Obviously, I've won there. This was after he had won the Super Bowl there. But he's like, nothing's ever going to replace, like, my my experience in New Orleans. I miss the city. I miss the fans. He's like, it's just, it's it's different there. Like, the fans just aren't, you know, in Philly, they're just not as supportive. They're not as diehard. And I just, like, I... He's like, I wish I had stayed in New Orleans. He said that after winning the Super Bowl. Interesting. That's day. interesting. And so, you know, that's that's hearsay. That's that's secondhand. But you know, I know the guy and went to high school with him actually. So like, he he, if he told me that, like, I I believe him. And and uh, so anyway, I, I think that was a, a window of insight into Malcolm Jenkins's mindset that if he had a chance to come back to New Orleans, he was going to, despite how all that played out, because I do think he felt respected and valued by Sean Payton, and I think. Outside of that, like he and his family just had a great experience well, living in New Orleans. And so I say this: yeah. I was I was on an Eagles podcast yesterday with Kyle Bennett, and Eagles fans they are despondent and angry, even more so than usual. Like they were like, "How did you let Malcolm Jenkins go?" And oh, by the way, now our secondary has communications problems. It's probably because you let Malcolm Jenkins go. They yeah, see I, that they weren't saying that in the offseason. They well, they're saying it now is what no, I'm yeah, saying. I know, but I, I'm just saying, like, they, I, I think yeah. the fans were just as guilty of this as the team. Yeah. They're like, yeah, he's getting a little older. He didn't play as great. I, I went back because when I was doing my research on the on the signing, I read tons of Eagles blogs. I, I was reading tons of comments. And the general yeah, vibe I did. got from their fans was, yeah, it sucks to lose him because, like, he's been a great Eagle. Thanks for your service. But he's getting long he's in getting the tooth. Old, yeah. he, he wasn't as good last year. I watched the film. I thought he was pretty good last year, but he's playing better this year than he did last year. And and so I, I watched the Eagle. I mean, I watched every single game he played. I graded every single one, as you remember, Ralph. And I, I thought yeah, he had a good year, patron. but he's having he a great year this year. And, and and they were happy to see him walk. So that's recency bias is what yeah. that is, Ralph. Because if they're saying now that they miss though. him and they – what's that? 
Recency bias is fun. You just forget what you said last year and you pretend like it never happened. I, I you hear you, but moment. I'm calling it whatever podcast you went on where they were saying that stuff. I just want to call those guys out because maybe not them personally, but I know all those Eagles fans are like, maybe <laughs> not good riddance, but yeah, he's getting old. Like it's time to do new guys. Like careful what you ask for. The grass isn't always greener. They Eagles fans are in a bad way. They, they, they want their team to lose. They want a top five pick. They want to get, uh, they want to get that offensive lineman from Oregon. Like they are in a, they're in a bad way. He was like, I just hope the Saints crush the Eagles, and I hope Malcolm Jenkins has a pick six. He's like, I want, he's like, I want, I want it to burn to the ground. I want major changes, which surprised me a little. Um, but as for well, the game, they're a little, they're a little screwed because. Carson Wentz makes all this money yeah. and they can't eject. So, like, I don't know what – they've benched him now, so I don't yeah. know what they're going to do if they go back to him next year. Like, it's almost worse for them if Hurts is awesome because then they're paying Wentz all this money and he has to stay and be the backup, yeah. and that's probably they, not a good situation. The Eagles, the Eagles are in the worst possible spot because if, if you don't have a quarterback, it's worse when you don't have a quarterback and you're paying one that you thought was you're going to be your quarterback, it it would be better if you were – if, like, say the Saints next year, they let Taysom play out the one-year deal, and they're like, oh, Taysom's not the guy. We got to go do something else, right? At least the Saints yeah. can have cap space. They can go out and get him. It isn't like, oh, my God, Taysom's not the guy. And we just extended him, and we're paying him $25 million. God damn it. Like, that's where the Eagles are. It's like, really – it's really. I mean, this is a totally separate podcast and conversation, but it, it, it'd be really interesting to see how the economics of the salary cap and, and contracts evolves based on Kirk Cousins, Garoppolo, yeah. Carson Wentz, like these massive cap-crippling quarterback contracts where you want to eject and you can't because you've committed financially, but like you want to move on from the guy. And so it's just going to be interesting, but the Eagles are a mess. Cause like they're secondary, they have three picks all year. Uh, and, but and yet Carson Wentz yeah. leads the league and in interceptions thrown. So like the disparity there, like that's killing Bad. them. Yep. I, I think, I think part of the issue is their offensive line has been garbage. They don't really have a playmaker. Like they have a couple nice tight ends and go there. Uh, Goddard and uh, Zach Ertz, but otherwise like they just, they don't have a bunch of receivers like they're receivers they, and that, that's part of the problem for Wentz is he doesn't re, he doesn't have weapons. He has a yeah. bad offensive line and he has bad playmakers. So I just think they're a mess. I think the roster kind of sucks. I think their secondary is shaky at best. Uh, so I, I just think the Eagles, you know, they age from their Super Bowl win and they have not replaced them. Ho, 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 fellas. Naughty or nice, tis the season to perform. You are in luck because Manscaped Performance Package is the ultimate man's hygiene bundle and makes for the perfect gift. Imagine opening an attractive box that says, your balls will thank you, with the most sought-after gadgets and scents a person could find. Included in this new package is the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, which is waterproof and uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual blade system. Look, guys, 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff. Why not use the best tools for the job here? This bundle includes the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, the best trimmer on the market for your balls, butt, and body, 
Tis the season to manscape. So get yourself, your dad, your brother, and friends the best gift of all, the Manscaped Performance Package. Let's not forget their famous liquid formulations, the Crop Preserver, Ball Deodorant, and Crop Reviver Ball Toner to maximize your ball hygiene routine. Get the Performance Package now and receive their two free gifts, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. The performance package is the best value that Manscaped has to offer and is hot off the shelves. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. Thank you, Manscaped, for making our holes look sexy. I wonder about the Eagles just, you know, we'll get to Jalen Hurts in a, in a second, a soundbite about Malcolm Jenkins, but I just wonder where they are going to be mentally because they're 3-8-1. and one. The Giants and Redskins are 5-7, and seven. and you can make jokes about the NFC East all you want, but the Eagles, they're done. Like, they're not, they're not winning that division. They're not making the playoffs, and I just wonder with COVID and this season being a miserable experience – probably for them more miserable than regular a regular losing season would be I wonder as we get to these these last like how are they going to be mentally are they going to be checked in for yeah. four quarters or if the well Saints that's why I, I, I think they should have replaced uh Wentz a couple weeks ago like I'm surprised they waited this long like honestly they should have made this move sooner when they still had a chance because at least then it kind of fires your guys up to play for a new guy. Yeah. Right. Like at some point with Carson Wentz, I, th- I feel like it's getting stale. The locker room doesn't believe in him maybe. Yeah. And, you know, and then it's like, are, are the guys playing for him? So at least, you know, this is going to be Hertz's first start. And I will be looking at like the body language of the offensive line and the playmakers. Do they play a little bit harder? Does that, does that infuse a little interest in the locker room just because it's a new guy playing quarterback that's not killing them with turnovers? But I will say, going back to what we talk about a lot on this podcast, uh, you know, the old Sean Payton adage, this is the time where the good teams separate themselves from the bad ones. You've got teams that are kind of meandering and, and petering through a season, especially in 2020 with COVID, where they just want to be done. You know, they, these guys, like they're professionals, they're paid. So like, they're going to keep playing, but like, let's, let's, let's be real. The Eagles, the players in that locker room, they all want to be done with this year. They all want to go home and, and, and just try not to get injured. And so if they see a chance to win, if they see a chance to win in the fourth quarter, then sure, you're going to get a good effort from them and they're going to try. But if you can bury them and put them down a couple scores early in the first quarter, they're just going to stop trying. And so th- this is one of those games where I think you got to come out firing on all cylinders early, because if, if you put a seed of doubt in a, whether Hertz can help them early, then it, I think it goes away quickly. Yeah. And speaking of Hertz, the NBA finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. 
Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Malcolm Jenkins talked about that. He talked about the challenge of facing uh, a rookie quarterback. It's twofold, right? You know, he hasn't seen all the looks as a rookie, and so you see you know, a little bit of vulnerability or a chance to make plays. But at the same time, we haven't seen it as well. We haven't got much tape on him. So we don't know how much the offense is going to change. Uh, we're going to see a lot more quarterback runs. They're going to are going to be changes to the passing game. That's, you know, we're going to have to have a little bit of, you know, kind of an open-ended uh, plan, knowing that we're going to make adjustments throughout the game to see, you know, what's what's going on. Yeah, Andrew, you were talking to me not on a podcast, but when we were talking on the phone with our many phone conversations during the week, you explained it. If I remember right, you said, make Jalen Hurts throw the ball. That's going to be the whole plan for the Saints. So explain to the people how the Saints go about making him have to throw the ball. I'm not a believer in Jalen Hurts and his passing ability. Like I just don't think he's going to be a good NFL quarterback. And, um, you know, I'm going to I'm going to put that stake in the ground right now so you can Save the sound bite and you can make fun of me and play it again in five years if he's an MVP. But but, um, you know, I think if you look back to how the Saints played Gardner Minshew, for example, last year when the Saints played the Jaguars, uh, they there was a statistic that his passing was much higher when he escaped the pocket or when he was rolling out and his rating was much lower when he threw from the pocket. And so the Saints decided, you know what, we're not going to do these exotic blitzes. We're not going to do these stunts where there, there's escape lanes for him 
We're going to bull rush the four guys. And if we don't get there, we don't really care. We're just bull rushing our four players. We're going to keep containment, forcing him to throw from the pocket. And we're going to see if he can be accurate throwing from there. And I think that's exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so I think that's exactly, especially when you look at the receivers that Hertz has, like, I think you want to force him to be accurate with the football when you know you're going to have tight coverage. You're not scared of these receivers. And I, I just I don't think he'll be able to make those throws. And I think, that, look, this is where you're glad to have a guy like Malcolm Jenkins, because I do agree that the challenge is an evolving uh, game plan where you're not sure going in exactly the what looks you're going to see, exactly how they're going to execute, what new stuff they're going to incorporate with him as a starter. And so would I rather be Hurts adjusting on the fly or would I rather Demario Davis and Malcolm Jenkins be on defense adjusting on the fly? And I, I think that's a, that's a rhetorical question. But bottom line is uh, I do think the Saints would be smart to employ the same thing where – they really force him to be accurate downfield throwing from the pocket and they bull rush four guys, keep contained, yeah. keep the pocket, keep, stay sound in their gaps so that there's not these escape routes for him to then throw on the run or just escape and try to scramble. Yeah, and I just look at this game, Andrew, and I just see the Saints are better. Nothing has, has changed my opinion on from the beginning of the week on the big show or my – preview column I do think it's just another chance to evaluate Taysom Hill and I think they're grow I think Sean Payton is growing confident with him and he does some fun stuff uh I don't think there's any chance we see Breeze Sunday do you are, are we gonna have are we gonna have a breaking news podcast where we're gonna be like oh they're playing Breeze I, I don't see it 10% chance 10% chance all right yeah small yeah so Listen, the Saints, we all know, you know, if Seattle lost to the Giants, so they're kind of out of home field now. It's the Saints and it's Green Bay. And Green Bay gets Detroit twice, the Bears, um, and Tennessee. Like, or, no, I'm sorry, they they get Detroit, Chicago, Tennessee, and one other terrible team. Um, So the point is, the Saints... They have to win. Like, winning out is really the only way I think they're going to get home field. I don't. I think thirteen and three ain't going to do it. And we're going to be sitting here for the third time with a thirteen and three Saints team playing on a wild card weekend. So they don't have any margin for error. They can't look ahead to Kansas City next week. They have got to handle their business because thirteen and three. Ain't gonna do it, Andrew. I just, I hope I'm, I hope, I hope I'm wrong if they, if they stumble. But that's what I believe. I just, I don't think thirteen and three is gonna get it done in the NFC. Um, I think I agree. I, I'd like to see the Packers lose and give the Saints a little buffer, but I don't think they're going to. And I, I think the Saints have to. The, the mindset for the Saints is we got to win out if we want the one seed. That, that that's what it's going to take and I, you, you can't falter you can't you can't have a bad game because otherwise i think it's going to cost you that one seed if they want that uh i think that's got to be the mindset that that's what it's going to take and hopefully the packers slip at some point hopefully well guys enjoy your weekend of football uh and we will see you after the game uh sunday night